face-to-face, healthy relationship talk radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daiya Six. All right. Oh, my goodness. Hello, geniuses. How are you today? Like always, I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us and tuning into Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. We are one of the most talked about radio shows dedicated to offering you love and health, natural beauty, self-help and compassion, all while helping you with empowerment and improving. I am your relationship specialist and also your relationship host, Diane. Six, And today's topic is relationships and anger. We are joined today by the remarkable counselor and author, Renaud Purifoy. We will talk about his latest book, Anger, Taming the Beast. And we will dive into this emotion that we define as anger and try to understand it just a little bit, just a little bit better. You know, like why it controls us so well, you know, and we will talk about how we can maybe utilize it for our greater good if that's possible. And is, you know, anger doesn't always have to, you know, be described. I don't know. You know, I guess I'm giving my opinion here. Does it always have to be described as being a bad emotion, you know, that always grants us bad results or can it be a believed, shall I say, righteous anger? Sometimes I believe in righteous anger. Okay, so we're going to dive into that. And I have used, you guys, righteous anger plenty of times and end up getting great results because of it. So I want to know if there's even such a thing. But first, we have to go into recognition and appreciation of our sponsors. So first of all, One Hope, yummy, 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 One Hope products. Now, remember, since 2007, One Hope has helped fund over one million meals to children in need. They planted over 50,000 trees, all right, and helped over 13,000 animals find a forever home and so much more. Now, this is a company with a special social impact as a service, you guys. So for the most part, for the past couple of years, One Hope has been part of the top 100 consumer products in our country, and they've also won Impact 100 Social Business of the Year Award, okay? And One Hope has also been blessed to give over $2 million to nonprofit partners. So if you have a special cause that you would like to support, like autism, ovarian cancer, pet adoptions, feeding hungry children, then get the support you need to help raise funds and give back Also, ask how you can get your company branded to stand out and increase your credibility. Be part of something bigger than just building a brand for your company. Be part of a movement that gives back as part of something you do every single day. And that is what? Indulge and do good. (laughs) Now, to all of my listeners, have you ever been in a situation where you become upset irritated, mad, or just furious about a situation. 
Did you ever wish that you didn't go off of your emotions and react by saying something or doing something that you later regret? I know that I did. But guess what? It doesn't matter whether you did, whether you want to control it, whatever the case may be. Well, let's find out how our guests have created or let's actually understand his ideologies as far as taming anger. We're going to pick his brain for at least 45 minutes, shall we? Welcome to the show, you guys, writer and author, Renault Purifoy. Mr. Renault, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I'm just, just glad to be here. Oh, you know what? I am so happy that you are here as well. Now, you know what? I, you know, I have like a million questions for you because so many people want to know, you know, well, some people don't even think they're angry. All right. And we're getting ready to come up to a break in like two minutes because we had a delay, of course, on our situation today. But I just want to I just want to um, ask you one question before we go on our uh, first break. Mm -hmm. Where did you come up with the title okay. for your book? Oh, well, I, I, I've been fascinated with emotions for many, many, many years. And, you know, anger is, is kind of, that's how it's perceived by people is this kind of beast within that comes out and does terrible things and then kind of goes back in for a while. So I thought it was kind of a natural, uh, natural analogy to use. You know what? I like fact, the, uh, when I, mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, I, I got was just saying when, when I was in high school. Uh-huh. We must have a delay on this one. Uh, when I was in high school, they used to actually, one of my nicknames was uh, Spock. Uh, Star Trek had just come out, and I was kind of a geek, and so they kind of looked at me that. So the whole thing about emotions was just something that's always a, just fascinated me. Oh, you know what? You got to love that because I'm going to tell you, you know, some people, mm -hmm. I like the fact that you use the word beast. Some people use evil, and mm -hmm. then others even use devil. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I guess it's when, you know, in reality, it's all pretty much the same thing. But um, so in high school, is that what intrigued you? Were you an angry? Well, my question to you is, were you an angry kid in high school? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty mellow person. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I, I think to understand anger, you, you have to kind of pull back and look at emotions in general, you know, because the, the whole question of whether it's good or bad, it's like, it's like thirst. Is thirst good or bad? Well, it's just, it serves a function, and our emotions do as well. One of the ways to look at them, um, I put them in basically three uh, buckets, uh, all of your different emotions. Uh, and they all have to do with your needs. Uh, if a need is going to be uh, met Okay, well, yes. hold on one second, because the needs, we're going to talk about all of those needs in those three buckets as soon as we come okay. back. Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques. Right here on Face-to-Face -face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention ladies, have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's easy to fall into the trap of bad dieting. Some look so simple, effortless, and satisfying. But that's not always reality. If you need to lose weight, it's very important to your health and well-being that you do. Being overweight brings a whole host of problems, physically, mentally, and emotionally. But the way to achieve permanent, long-lasting weight loss is to build healthy habits that will last a lifetime. Most people who have lost weight and kept it off have made lifestyle changes with low-calorie healthy eating and daily exercise that they can continue the rest of their lives. But some have gone on fad diets, like liquid diets, prepared food diets, or dramatically reduced calories, and have lost unwanted pounds, only to put the weight back on eventually. It's time to build healthy eating habits that will keep the weight off permanently. You can do it. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daiya Six. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning back with us. Okay, so before we went on the break, and for those of you that who are just now tuning in, we are with uh, author uh, Renaud Purifoy, and he wrote a book called Anger Taming the Beast. I actually like the word the beast. And before we uh, went on break, we talked, you know, I said sometimes people use the word devil and evil and all this stuff, but I do like the word beast because a lot of us tend to have this beast in us, like this, this, this anger. Um, Okay, Renault, what were these three buckets mm-hmm. that you were just getting ready to explain before we went on break? Well, that, to, to understand anger, I think you need to kind of understand emotions in general. Uh, emotions are all about needs. And if a need is going to be met, then you have one of the various positive emotions, joy, fulfillment, fulfillment excitement, something of that need. If there's a threat, then you either become angry or afraid based upon how you're assessing the threat. If the threat is going to be too much for you, unmanageable, then you become frightened. If it's something that's manageable, you're going to become angry and you're going to eliminate the threat. Now, again, that interpretation is fairly automatic and unconscious. If a need, if there's a loss that occurs, then you get into the sadness, uh, consolation, grief, sadness, disappointment, those types of things. So it's all about needs. And so to say, is anger good or bad, is like saying, is thirst good or bad well gee you know i just drank some water 15 minutes ago why am i still thirsty well you know it's because there's a need there that's triggering that so anger again is all about threat just like anxiety fear that's all about threat too again anxiety fear is the threat is unmanageable anger the threat is manageable and i'm going to take it out i'm going to get rid of it now it's also important to understand that the positive side of anger is when you assert yourself if somebody's stepping in my toes, I say, would you get off my toes, please? There's irritation, which is just low-level anger that's driving that behavior. In fact, anger, as we use it in common language, is a fairly high level uh, of this emotion. But there's really uh, many, many different words for the same emotion. Irritation, uh, agitated, I'm bugged, uh, I'm angry, I'm miffed, I'm enraged, you know, uh, All of these are really the same basic emotion that's being triggered by some threat out there, something that's threatening some need that you have. So anger is really not the the emotion, it's how you're looking at stuff. But no, let me ask you this. You you went ahead and categorized all of those words, right? Mm -hmm. 
So they're all just different levels of anger. It's, it's, it's how, how, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, they're it, just it's, different it's, levels. It's where the dial is turned up. If the dial is turned way up, we say you're enraged, and if the dial's turned down, we say you're 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 uh, you're you're irritated by that. Yeah. That's bugging yeah. me. Got it. Yeah, but it's all the same emotion, just different degrees, different levels of it. Exactly. Yeah, got and, it. Okay. And, and anger is in common language. Anger represents that kind of middle high level of that emotion. Hmm. Got it. Okay. Because, you know, some people would say, you know, no, I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm not angry. I'm just a little, you know, I'm just a little irritated. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like saying, well, you know, well, I'm not thirsty. Yeah. I just need, you know, I just need a little water. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's, I mean? it's, it's like the person who's sitting there tearing the arms off the chair saying, no, it's not, I'm not angry at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know uh, what? A lot of people don't really think of it like that. See, I love mm-hmm. information like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we were, you know, we're taught, that's what it is. Maybe we're just taught wrong, you know, that, and I guess because a lot of people don't like owning up to words or emotions that make them feel uncomfortable. So we will tend to kind of diet down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I, then I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Then what are, because now that you, now that we have, now that we comprehend what anger is, Mm -hmm. what are some of the myths about anger? Because, oh, you know, yeah, well, one, one of the big ones is that it's healthy to vent anger. You know, I'm just venting. I'm releasing it it's as if it's some kind of a steam that's built up inside of you. And I have to have a safety valve to let it off. When in actuality, when you vent anger, all you're doing is you're practicing how to be more angry again. And it usually doesn't do any good. Uh, now, there might be a, a few very uh, limited therapeutic uses uses for uh, venting anger. But in, in everyday life. Venting anger doesn't really do anything good other than help you practice becoming angry. Uh, anger needs to be managed just like any other emotion. Um, and, and again, the management, again, we're looking at the end result, the reaction, the emotion, when your point of power is really what's triggering it, which is your interpretation of events. Uh, when you look at the whole emotional chain or the thing that, 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 that chain of events that triggers emotions, things happen there's an interpretation, most of which is unconscious, is, you know, is how is this affecting my needs? That triggers the emotion, and then we do something. The behavior is usually something that we've learned as we grew up. Uh, and so the two places where you have power is your interpretation of events and then the changing your behaviors, how you react when the emotions come up. Uh, because the, the generation of the emotion is pretty automatic uh, based upon your interpretation. And, of course, life events, sometimes you can't control them. Things just happen to you. Uh, and this is why you can take 100 different people, put them into exactly the same situation, and you have 100 different reactions because mm-hmm. everybody's looking at that event differently, and so they're interpreting it differently. Some are getting angry. Some are getting sad. Some are happy. Some don't really have much of any reaction to it. Because, again, they're looking at the events differently. And so so things don't cause, you know, we, we say that made me happy, that made me angry. And really, that's not true. It's how you're thinking about it that's making you happy or angry or sad or whatever. And, again, that's your point of power is changing how you interpret things. And, again, because we're dealing with a fairly automatic response pattern, that takes some practice. That's not something that uh, happens just overnight. You know what? I do have to say that because it is all about changing your interpretation. And I'm going to give a quick, I'm going to, you know what? I am going to give a quick story on what happened to me last week. And I was bothered by it. I, I, okay. I was in the wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, no, okay. I was in the wrong. I know I was in the wrong because I parked mm. in this drive. Well, not in the driveway, but I was parked on the street, but I was blocking the driveway of this house. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead and decided to park there because I thought the house was abandoned. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I did it because there was an emergency. My son's school is across the street. And mm-hmm. um, I saw my son in a situation with an adult. So I parked the car right away, went over to find out what was going on. And by the time we came back to the car, there was this lady, you know, honking her horn, trying to get into her home. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, so I went up to her car immediately because I knew, okay, this lady is honking because I'm in her driveway. Let me go and apologize to this woman and maybe kind of explain to her why I made the decision, to, you know, randomly to park there. Right. I mm-hmm. thought my son was in danger. So she looks at me and she just shakes her head, you know? So I go, oh, okay. I assumed that this wasn't her house and she, and she wasn't trying to get into the driveway because there was a lot of cars there. So when uh-huh. I get into the car and I start it up, she rolls her window down. She gives me this evil look. I mean, it could have literally like, <laughs> it could have thrown mm-hmm. the devil back, okay? And mm-hmm. she said to me, don't you ever, in her, like in, in such an evil voice, don't you ever park there again. Do you hear what I tell you? Did it? And she just went off and off and off. And I became rageful. And I looked at her and I said, shut your mouth. And I drove away. But before I drove away, I drove next to her car. I said, now go and park in your ugly driveway, in your ugly house. And I drove off. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When I said that, I said to myself, oh, yeah, why did you say that? You know, why? But it was so quick and so fast. And I got, emo- you know, emotional because I was like, a part of me, my feelings was hurt because I was trying to explain to her <laughs> why right. I did it. But then when I looked at it from her point of view, I had no reason parking there at all. Like that, I should have never done that. That's illegal parking, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was just that quick moment. And I wanted to share that because I don't like holding in my emotions. Okay. Now we Mm -hmm. told Renault that, you know, holding in anger can actually poison you. So when you're angry and your emotions build up so quick and so fast, right? How do you get rid of it? Especially when I hear people, when I know that they should be angry, they go, Nope, I'm not angry. I'm not even going to react like I don't want to be that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hold on to something that's really bothering me. And and, and really, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that we can unpack in that little story that you've said. And maybe let's start with uh, your quick reaction. You're coming up. You're going to apologize to her. You know, you're in the wrong. And then she gives you a reaction that I would guess triggers a conditioned response from you, something from your past where when you get confronted with anger, you know, you're going to meet that and you're going to make sure yes. it doesn't affect you. You know, and that's, that's, that's usually a childhood thing. Uh, yeah. And it could come from family, it could come from school, it could come from, you know, whatever. But that's kind of it. It triggers, what, again, what we call a conditioned response reaction. And at that point, you're not really thinking. You've just got that unconscious, you know, a certain type of danger has been perceived. And so you're going to meet that. You're going to get rid of that danger. And everything else is kind of out of your thinking. As far as this idea of building up uh, emotions, emotions are messages. And they're important messages. And they need to be uh, acted upon, not acted out. 
And when we say acting out, when you look at a two-year-old, you know, when they're angry, they, you know, they scream, they yell, they, you know, throw a tantrum, things of that nature. And when an adult does that, we say you're acting like a two-year-old because they're acting out their emotions. So if something is triggering anger in you, it's important, first of all, to recognize, is there a real threat? And then if there is, I need to address that. If I'm overreacting, then I maybe need to pull back for a moment and take a look at why am I overreacting? Uh, that's, I think, the more important issue in that situation. Now, again, a situation like you just described, just, it, you know, it's one of those hit and run things that kind of comes and goes. But yeah. then afterwards, I think it's useful to take a look at, okay, so where did that come from? Yes. And uh, what I would say is that taking a look at a person's past, I said, I'd, I'd like you to go back and think about other times where you've been confronted by somebody like that and you've lashed out at them. And I would guess that there's some place in your past where that served to protect you. And so that was probably a defensive mechanism that became part of your condition response reaction. When somebody comes at me, I'm going to make sure that person doesn't harm me. I'm going to go and I'm going to take them out before they get a chance to do anything to me. You know, right. that, that type of an idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know, and mm-hmm. you know what, when I sat down and I thought about it, I I knew exactly, you know, I said, dang, okay, where, you know, how, how can I stop that? You know, and mm-hmm. I understand exactly where that came from. I remember the, uh, the situation that, um, got yeah. me angry as a child and mm-hmm. it was with an adult. It was a, you know, a, um, a, a figure, uh, um, an adult figure and mm-hmm. it was just crazy. But you guys, when we come back, because we're getting ready to go to another commercial break. We have so many more questions on how to kind of tame this beast. And mm-hmm. maybe, Renault, we can talk about some of the things in your book. So you guys just hold on for one second, because when we come back, we're going to talk about how to tame this angry beast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques. Right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence? A leader? Or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally. Come create value and make a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. This is the Toginet Radio Network. Broadcasting quality programming to the world. Notice that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle crangled and jitterty jitterty the next year. Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. 
1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Dia Six. All right, you guys, we are talking about anger. Oh, my gosh. Taming the beast. Okay, so, Renaud, here we go, because, you know, we were sitting here talking about, you know, my story, and you gave some really good advice. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, let's go to child. Let's go back to childhood just a little bit, right? Okay. Now, you know, a lot of individuals have said and used the same old excuse. And I don't know if it is an excuse, but maybe you can clarify this up. Can people be born with anger issues? You know how you hear people say, you know, I was born this way. Uh, my whole family has it. At, uh, you know, of course, that's the key there. If your whole family has it, then I believe that it's a, it's a learned yeah. behavior, you know. But c- do you think that people can be born with it? Well, a, a, a very small percentage of the population has brain wiring where they don't have the impulse control. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of them are in prison or someplace else. Uh, but that is, we were talking about myths earlier, and yeah. that is one of the myths that people commonly use as an excuse for not changing is, well, this is just the way I am. I was just born this way. But when you think about uh, anger, how do you act around a person that you know has a short fuse? Uh, you tend to, you know, give in to them a lot, you tend to walk on eggshells, or you just avoided them a whole lot, right? right. So in, in the bottom line, they get a lot of social control, a lot of social power. If I'm living, let's say, in a, in, and, and sometimes that's useful. If I'm living in, 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 a, in, a, in a neighborhood where I have a reputation, you know, you get in my face, you're going to be sorry, and I can back that up, uh, that gives me a lot of power and control in that situation. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in a more, you know, uh, middle class type of a situation that's going to backfire on you because all your relationships are going to be uh, not very good. Anybody who's healthy is not going to want to be around you. And so that tends to make that need for control escalate even more. So the truth is, is, you know, the vast majority of people, you can control your anger and your behavior if you choose to practice and learn how to. Again, if you've been practicing not controlling your behavior uh, and your anger, then that's something that's very deeply ingrained into you. And again, probably at some place back in your childhood, that had a benefit for you. Uh, you probably either had a benefit, you copied it from you know the adults around you, you just modeled that behavior, and that's how you learned how to get stuff. You know, you break heads, and you break things, and you get in there, and you get, take it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, first of all, recognizing that you can control your emotions. You know, two-year-olds can't. They don't have the impulse control. But adults, if they choose to learn how to, can control their behavior. And when you look at, for example, domestic violence situations, right, that's a common um, excuse that they'll give. You know, well, I just saw I smacked her a couple times. What's the big deal? They'll minimize the consequences and they'll say, I can't control myself. Those are the two big myths that they'll say. And until law enforcement comes on and gets involved, the person leaves or whatever, uh, usually, unless they have a reason for controlling themselves, they won't. 
if you look at their behavior, if they're in front of, you know, the judge or if they're in front of, you know, the boss or something like that, they usually control their behavior pretty well. Uh, when they're in, quote, safe areas at home or where people aren't looking, that's when they allow themselves to blow and to use that anger part of themselves. So, uh, again, they exercise a lot more control than they realize if you look at their behavior. So they can control it. It's just that they're choosing not to because that's what they've learned as they grew up. So for a person with a short fuse like that, the first thing they need to learn is to not do anything when they get angry. In fact, in a domestic situation, you, you lock into what are, what are called walk-away strategies. When you start to get angry, you walk away mm-hmm. until you've calmed down. Then you come back and take a look at what generated the anger. What's, what's the issue about you know, that, that's, that's involved there? Uh, and that's sometimes hard to get a person to, to, to practice. But if they'll practice it and they learn that, you know, the, the old count to ten idea, you know, there's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Because when anger first flashes, like in your example that you gave earlier, yeah, you lose your rational ability. It's like the reasoning part of your brain just shuts off, you know, and you yes. go on automatic pilot and whatever that be- learned behavior is that you do, you do it, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so... Calming down allows the reasoning part of your brain to click back in so you can start to think about, well, what's reasonable here for me to do? Do I get that lady's face and I yell at her or do I maybe just apologize and drive away, you know? Uh, oh, my goodness. That, and you know what? I think you said it so tastefully. When you get angry, you, you lose your rationality. Oh, yeah. My goodness. How dangerous is that? Well, just look around the world. You can see, you can see it in the newspaper every day. Uh the other thing I should say is that uh, as you practice new behaviors, uh, understand that, again, we're dealing with, uh, for the most part, a lot of what we call condition response uh, patterns. And to help understand that, think of uh, old Pavlov had these dogs, and every time uh, uh, he would put some meat powder on their tongues, they would salivate. So he'd ring a bell, put some meat powder on their tongue, and they'd salivate. And pretty soon he could ring the bell, and the dogs would they'd salivate on them. Mm-hmm. And we call that a condition response pattern. And a lot of human behavior is that way. We've just learned things so well, things trigger it, and, and then we do the behavior. And then there's something called conditioned emotional responses. And this gets into some of the relationship stuff you've talked about. Uh, certain things will just automatically trigger emotions in us. So like in a couple, for example... We, le- we know that somebody cares for us by looking for specific behaviors. Right. And that's different from one person to another. So one person may be a touchy-feely person. You know, they say, I love you, and they touchy-feel, that type of stuff. And another person might be a doer. You know, I show you that I love you by doing things for you. Oh, you lost your keys. I'm going to look for them. Oh, you need some help here. I'm going to help you with that. You know, I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And so the one person is busy, touchy-feely, saying, I-, I love you. And the other person is, you know doing their taking care of business and neither one's feeling love because they're speaking two different languages. And that's the old love language thing that that's been talked a lot about. Right. At the same time, uh, there are things that, uh, well, let me use an example from my life. Uh, I come from, uh, my dad was military. So, you know, we were on time every place we went to usually ahead of time and all that type of stuff. Punctuality was really big. Uh, my wife is Asian. Her family, uh, it's got a much uh, looser concept of time. Got <laughs> and so, she used to drive me nuts when I first, uh, you know, we'd go down to her folks' house, you know, and people would slowly arrive and a plan would eventually develop, you know, so what we're going to do. And then we'd go do it, right? And, of course, in my family, everything's planned out ahead of time. So when we get together, we know when we're going to get together, what we're going to do and all that type of stuff. And I, I kind of finally realized, you know, well, that that meant uh, that that was a sign of love for me. When she was late, you know, or, or took longer to do things and stuff, that was a sign that she didn't care. 
And so I would get irritated, you know, right. angry because of that yeah. until I kind of put the two together. Mm-hmm. And of course, in a good marriage, I, we're going on 44 years this year. Oh my goodness. 44. Uh, oh yeah. Four years. Oh, how tasty is that? And so, you know, I, I've learned to be a lot looser about time and she's gotten better at being punctual. Uh-huh. Well, we're never going to meet, but you know, you do grow together. <laughs> right. You, you know, at least both of you guys are in the same bucket now before you guys were in different buckets. Yeah. But that, you know what? That is so cool. But you know what? That's the yin and the yang. That's what relationships yeah. are about. You know, learning, learning and coming to a middle ground, man. That's that mm-hmm. was a perfect example. So you used to say to yourself, oh, my gosh, she doesn't care. And then well, it's, it's not a conscious thing. I didn't say that. I would react. I'd get irritated. And mm-hmm. really, that was what was going on underneath it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, whenever you're in a relationship and there's something that the person does and you just go ballistic and it's not rational, mm-hmm. then usually it's because that's a, that's a behavior that indicates caring to you. And that, that's, that's, that's how you identify it. And so whenever you're talking to somebody like in a counseling situa- situation and, and the person says, well, you know, uh, they just go crazy when I do this. And it's, it's really not – and you, you look at it and it's not reasonable. Well, okay, then that's a love language thing going on there. Mm-hmm. And so that's where once you identify it, now, you know, when you start to get crazy, you can start to, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's – I'm misinterpreting what's going on here. And that's where you can talk yourself down. The other thing in relationships, and again, this is a typical thing that you do, is a lot of times you'll have the couples uh, say, how do you show caring to the other person? Because that's usually what they look for from the other person back, right? Right. Well, I, you know, I, I, I snuggle up to him or her, you know, and I, you know, do this and that. And then, okay, well, then that's what you're expecting to get back to show that they care you, care for you. Right. Uh, and it's important to share that kind of information because it's just like if, uh, you know, I marry somebody who only speaks Chinese or, you know, Greek or something, I'm going to want to learn a few terms of endearment in their language so I can speak to them in their native language. And mm-hmm. hopefully they will do the same thing for me. And that's part of, again, relational stuff, uh, you know, how, how you draw, get a couple to feel closer together. Yes, uh, another, another type of conditioned response pattern that happens gets back to the uh, emotions that are taboo. Uh, and again, I'll use a personal example. Um, it, again, growing up in a military family and all that type of stuff, uh, you know, being in control and, you know, being on top of stuff was important. And so one of the emotions that was not okay for me was embarrassment when I was younger. Mm. And uh, we lived in Japan for, uh, my, my wife's Japanese-American, and mm-hmm. so we lived there for a couple of years. And when we would first were living there, we would go into like a department store, and uh, I would get kind of irritated and start crabbing at her. I know it's hard to imagine me doing that, but uh, anyway, not, it, it happened. Because listen, I understand it. I understand it. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, go ahead. But uh, as I thought about it, what was going on is my Japanese is not very good. They don't mm-hmm. know a lot of the customs. And so I was really feeling some embarrassment in that situation. And because I didn't want to experience the embarrassment, I would cover it up with anger, which is something we commonly do for things that are not okay for us to experience. Because when I'm angry, I have adrenaline, I'm feeling physically strong. I'm not doing anything that's going to help the situation, but at least I feel strong. And so a lot of times people will cover up things that they perceive as weak with anger to make themselves feel strong. Uh, Just like you do when you're backed in the corner. You know, you get angry to try to get out of the corner. Like what you leave with that lady, right? Yeah. And so once I made the connection, you know, I would when we would go into the, um, the uh, department store, 
and I started to you know, feel like I wanted to get crabby, I, I'd stop saying, wait a minute, I think what's going on is I'm embarrassed. And as soon as I would say that, I would become aware of the fact that, yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed not knowing what's going on, which is not okay, not a nice feeling, but now I had control. I, I was on top of stuff. Because when you do one of these uh, cover-ups with anger, again, you tend to go on to automatic pilot because you're putting all your energy into suppressing that emotion mm-hmm. or that thing that's not okay. And mm-hmm. so you tend to go into like a robot behavior, an automatic behavior that's not very productive usually. So, you know, so I got comfortable with being embarrassed. And, uh, you know, and then that sort of solved, resolved that situation for me. And now I can become embarrassed. It's, it's fine. It's just, okay, look at that. <laughs> look what I did. So you got comfortable with being embarrassed. You know, making and, mistakes, right? Yes, yes. You know what? Not too many people can admit that. I think that was yummy. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Now, yeah. listen, we're getting ready to come back. We're getting ready to come to, um, you know, a commercial break. But when we come back, I want to know your ideology, Renault, on okay. if you feel there is this thing called righteous anger. So you guys stay tuned because we're going to hear his thoughts on that righteous anger. Stay connected with Daia 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Traditional American breakfast, including fried egg, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Now that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A paziwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. U.S. News and World Report released their annual best diet rankings based on information from government reports, scientific journals, and various nutrition and health experts. They rank Weight Watchers as number one for being the easiest diet to follow. The Biggest Loser Diet is number one for diabetics. And the Ornish Diet is number one for best heart-healthy diet. It's interesting to find that all of these diets promote writing your food down, regular exercise, and they are convenient. They all offer accountability, which is a big factor in weight loss success. I'm not a supporter of going on a restricted deprivation diet. I am an advocate of healthy, low-calorie eating that is a lifestyle and that you can maintain for the rest of your life. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we have some yummy stuff. I told you we were going to pick his brain, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so, Renault, 
Okay, before we went on break, we were talking about righteous anger. So you said you wanted to go over the four steps to dealing with anger. And let me say, too, anger is appropriate mm-hmm. if there's a real threat. And if what you're doing is going to minimize that threat with the least amount of harm to yourself and others. That's kind of my definition of appropriate anger. So anger can be inappropriate in a couple of different ways. It can be inappropriate because it's a too high of a level for the threat. You know, I break my shoelace and I start punching holes in the wall type of deal. Mm -hmm. Or if what I'm or or if I'm becoming angry and there is no threat, that's those conditioned response things we talked about earlier. And then the third way it can be inappropriate, again, is if my behavior is inappropriate, if I'm resolving the issue in a way that's harming others or myself. Um, and so as long as you're meeting those criteria, there's a real threat and you're minimizing that threat with the least amount of harm to yourself and others, which usually means some kind of assertive behavior, um, then it's appropriate. Uh, and again, the exceptions of all that would be, you know, combat situations, something like that, where, you know, it's, you're, you're dealing with a different type of a threat from everyday common life, which is what I'm, I'm really talking about here. Uh, so the first step in anger, in managing anger, is why am I angry? Where's the threat? Is it real or not? And that gets to the second thing. If it's if it's not real, then where's that response coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's uh, was my response uh, appropriate? Right. You know, and that's the that's the fourth thing you want to look at. So why am I angry? Was my emotional response appropriate? Was it at the prop appropriate level? Uh, if it's inappropriate, then I need to stop everything and figure out what's going on with me. You know, where is that coming from? And if it is appropriate, I go on to the next step, which is basically, what do I do about it? Because, I mean, there's a lot of real problems in the world, right? A lot of real problems that you encounter, right? I right. got somebody at work who's interfering with my ability to do my job. That's making me mad. Okay, so how do I resolve that? You know, or my, you know, my mate keeps doing something that's really bugging me, right? How do we resolve that issue? Because uh, in essence, when we talk about, because uh, we're getting into the whole area of assertiveness, whenever you got two different people together, you have conflict, and that's going to generate anger, right, or irritation, whatever. And so really, how do you resolve that conflict? You know, I want to go have tacos. They want to go have pizza. You know, I want to go see this movie. They want to go see that movie. That's a natural flow of any time you've got two or more people together. And so learning to resolve those conflicts in an appropriate way is part of what we're talking about. And unfortunately, a lot of people have learned to do it improperly. Uh, In fact, uh, poor anger management and poor control basically is, we go back to childhood issues, stuff that they learned growing up, uh, either by copying parents or it serves some kind of a useful function. You know, if I tantrum, they gave me what I want, so I just learned to tantrum all the time. Or this is how my parents got what they wanted, and so I'm doing the same thing that they used to do. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, each each one we can take talk take your pick, and we can talk about any one of those in more detail. Yeah. So then, you know what? So then, you pretty much clarified mm-hmm. what I call righteous anger, right? Because mm-hmm. if it is for a purpose, you know, it, it you know, flight fight situation, or you know, therefore. But let me ask you this: What happens when someone gets angry? And their life isn't threatened, right? Right. Or something just didn't. I guess you know what. Okay, let me give you let me give you the story. So there was a young man who was here in my house. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we, we got into a, um, you know, one of those, um, what is it? Those, uh, I don't discussions. Say, yeah, discussions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. <laughs> we got into this discussion. And for some reason, I said something that really teed him off because we were bagging, we were roasting each other, you know? Uh-huh. So all of a sudden, and it was nothing about, you know, children and women in the house. So of course there was no threat to him. And I cannot figure out how he decided to act like Bozo in my house with no circus to back him up. I can't I can't fathom it because no one was punishing him. No one was threatening him. Um, People were laughing. Maybe that's probably (laughs) maybe that's probably what was the problem. People were laughing, but there was no threat. See, I can get violent if. If there is a threat, well, there was, there was no there was no rational threat from what you were looking at. And again, <laughs> I don't know, but I, you know, we we speculate that somewhere something you said triggered something in his past. One of those conditioned response patterns, yeah. either some way that he was teased, or some way that you know he was threatened in the past, or possibly it triggered some emotions inside of him, some feelings of shame, you know, or embarrassment, uh, again from the past, and that's what triggered the emotion that you saw mm-hmm. so you, you you're never going to be able to put your finger on it because you can't go inside of his head and see you know where it's coming from he'd have to sit down you know and, and talk and figure out where is that's coming from and, right. and again that's the type of stuff when, when you act uh, in that robotic inappropriate way at something that really from a rational perspective is uh not a threat then that that's where you need to go and take a look at you know where is that coming from that's that third step you know it, was it appropriate and you know where, where this thing came from was there a real threat right exactly and the fact that there wasn't is what kind of made me go oh what a sucker he's going to do this in front of just women and children how <laughs> just crazy now i will tell you this too there was a young lady that my mother knew she told me this story and this is one reason why my mother said hey when you break up with the man just let it go don't try to do anything no reason for meeting him my mother had a client that um uh, she was uh dating this guy and she decided to break it off with him and of course he did not like it. So when he called her up, literally like maybe, maybe about four or five months later and said, you know what? I don't like the way things ended. And uh, can I please just see you one more time? There, you know, I want to apologize to you in person. You know, let me take you out. So she told my mother that. And my mother said, don't you go. My mother said, don't you go. Anything that he has to say, he can be polite and say it over the phone. So, mm-hmm. you know, she decided to go against my mother's advice. And she mm-hmm. did. She, you know, she went. And right there in broad daylight, they were at a table. And when I tell you that he became angry and rageful and literally attacked this woman and beat her so bad that he put her in the hospital, Mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself, wait a minute here. He hasn't seen this woman in almost half a year and he had all this built up. And next thing you know, this rage, this, 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 it's almost like this devil, this beast came out. And for some reason, he just decided that he had to finish off the job. What the heck is that about? Where do that kind of anger come from when a situation happened and then down the road, months later, even a year, you're still rageful about it? Well, and, and we see a lot of that in the world. And mm-hmm. and the reason really comes from the fact that you have a set of core beliefs, and these core beliefs are, you know, 
who you are as a person, you know, uh, what the world's all about, what relationships are all about, uh, you know, what does it mean to be a man or a woman? Uh, how do I succeed? Uh, what should I, you know, what qualities should I have in the world? I mean, you, you look at, for example, a lot of the music that's played nowadays, you know, the, the, the role model of, of what a man or a woman is supposed to be. It's, it's terrible, right? Yeah. Um, and so these core beliefs are the lens that your mind is interpreting events uh, out of. And a lot of those core beliefs, in fact, a, a big chunk of them were developed when you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. So most adults are walking around with a set of core beliefs that a little kid came up with. That explains a lot of the crazy stuff you see Goodness right there. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Did you just say that, Renault? Wow. That is very deep. And and you don't, don't have to stay stuck with them, but most people do because they never take a look at them. And so they just keep blindly going on. You know, with those set of core beliefs, you know, I have to be strong, for example, mm-hmm. you know. And so if, if I have that belief, I have to be strong and I have to be in control and I'm a man. I know what I'm supposed to be doing all the time. Right. I'm working on the car and I got a part left over. Okay, mm-hmm. enter the wife or kid. How's it going, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But you know what? And because that's- I, I'm going to feel angry because now I'm feeling in control and strong again, right? Right, right. Right there for a moment, I was feeling, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm stupid. What's going on here? But I get angry, and I get angry at them. Now I feel strong. I'm okay again. Right. Goodness gracious. So we're all walking around here. I mean, I think you said, I really do think that you really said a mouthful when you said we're walking around here. The core beliefs are that of a little kid. Oh, my goodness. Many of them. Many of them. Yeah. 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 And, and it's a mixed bag because some of your core beliefs are positive and serve you well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some don't. And right. so part of what uh, a person in a growth mode needs to do is take some time to really take a look at what's driving me. You know, and again, when you look at those inappropriate behaviors that you do kind of just automatically, you know, out of the blue, that's some of the irrational stuff that's driving you. And that's the stuff you need to take a look at. Yeah. Now, One other thing to say it, mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. Uh, one thing. I, wait a minute before yeah. you, Renault, because we're coming down to our last couple of minutes. Let everybody know where they can find yeah. you and and what you can do for them. Yeah, the, the website, which is probably the easiest place to go to, is y w h y y emotions dot com, and then links to the, uh, you know, to my YouTube uh, lessons. I've got all kinds of different lessons on anger and anxiety and stuff uh, on YouTube, and you can go there and. There's other links to the books and, you know, some articles and various things. So that's probably the easiest place to just uh, whyemotions.com. All right. And you know what? And it was really some very, very good information because I listened to some of that stuff and I was literally tuned in. But you guys, guess what? We are coming up to the end of this. Can you believe that? I mean, when when you're getting fed, you just want to continue to eat. So if you guys want, I just have to ask, you know, if you guys want to be turned on, you want to be turned off. If you want to be turned on, guess what? You got to come back. We'll be here next week. Same time, same place. Remember, go to Facing Relationships. I'm not Facing Relationships. We'll go to Healthy Relationship Talk Radio Facebook page, you guys. You guys get in all this information. Who our guest is up next. We're going to do a Facebook uh, Live too, Renault. So uh, for those of you that want that, hold on um, and just go on over to the page. See, that's why you need to become a member have benefits. I love you guys. Peace and blessings to you. Anger, Taming the Beast with Mr. Renault Purifoy.
Radio. Join us next week, same time, same place, as Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Don't forget to visit FacingRelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.